What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Beers and. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about beers, beers and Genghis Khan. Nick, Alex. How are you? I'm doing great. I feel like I haven't seen you. We haven't, and we we do this all the time. But I think we're uh, that's all right. We had a reason for not seeing one another. It was uh, it was your bachelor party. I last was away. Weekend. I still have this really really weird energy from there. I feel like I say um, we run with it. Yeah, okay. I wasn't there, which I am still was very there. upset about. And That's I okay. Do apologize. It's okay. Nick had a previous uh, prior commitment. I did, and then it fell through. <laughs> uh, and then by the time I reached out to uh, those coordinating, <laughs> I was like, uh, it looks like it's not going to work out. I'm, this I'm, is. <laughs> This isn't going to come to fruition at all. We had a terrible time, so. Good. I'm glad. I was yeah. kind of hoping you guys are going to have a real terrible shitty time. time. Terrible time. Real shitty, <laughs> shitty time. So today, uh, we're going to be drinking something new to me and definitely new to you and new to the entire world because the hop doesn't even have a name. Oh, shit. So this yeah. is like super new. Super new. Ooh, so all we're, right. We're going to be drinking uh, from Icarus. It's called Milking It. It's a double IPA, usually dry hopped, and they do it like with different hops. So this time we have experimental hop one three four five nine. Oh, yeah. So brand like new, that. no no names, no nothing. Um, that was my number in prison. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, we're gonna do Nick's favorite portion of the day next. It's the question of the day. Yeah. This time I didn't write it down on the paper, so Nick has no idea what I'm gonna ask him. Nick, it's a very simple question: red or blue pill? I'm gonna. Oh, I'm sorry. There's a caveat to it. There's a caveat. The blue pill. Yeah. You can, you are going to be the happiest you've ever been in your entire life, but your you won't have monetary problems, but you're not going to be super rich. Okay. So blue pill. Okay. Red pill. You're going to have your dream job, a fortune, but you won't be happy. Oh my God. Blue pill. Blue pill. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm already pretty happy and poor. So I mean, (laughs) I think if I can, if I can find happiness through this through the muck and the mire. I've, we were just talking before about this, uh, you know, playing the shell game every month. Nick is very impressed with me every month. He's always like, because I can time. <laughs> this is how bad I am at times. Wait, 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 really quick. What's the shell game? The shell game meaning I can, I have this, uh, what I like to think of as like the unique ability to schedule account transfers in relation to when bills are due and go ahead and figure out when usually a bill's payment clears in relation to when the account transfer goes through. Okay. So like sometimes I'll have to, I'll like drop off my rent check and I'll know that I don't actually get paid for another like two or three days, but I know that they don't cash the check then until like four days after. So I'll drop it off. So it'll be on time. Before, Good for you. Oh dude, it's a, it's a pathetic fucking game that here I am with an advanced degree. <laughs> No student loan debt, and yet I have to go ahead and figure out how to fucking pay my rent every goddamn month. I think that's called adulting. Is it, though? Um, Is it really adulting? Adulting is just a loose term for things we don't want to do. I think that's definitely the case. Yeah, Yeah, because that means... What would you go for? Hmm. You know, I would naturally go blue pill, but as I was thinking about it on the way here, I always say... You know, people say you can't buy happiness with money. 
I don't think that's true. Well, no, definitely not for, again, those of us that we've just that's, established. Right. That's not true. Uh, so I, I'm actually going to go red pill. All right. Yeah. Even though you know that you won't achieve happy. happiness. Yeah, because... Um, you think you'll just get close? I think Daniel Tosh said it once. He was like, if you're rich, you can buy a jet ski. You ever see somebody upset on a jet ski? No, that's, that is true. No. That is very true. Huh. I'm still going to stick with blue. Okay. I'm just playing devil's advocate right now, I think. No, I know, which I appreciate a lot. Yeah. How much is a lot of money? Oh, are we talking about... Oh, I mean, record? like, you're, you're on Forbes list. Oh, all right. Yeah. Hmm. But you yeah, won't be no. happy. No, because, like, now, uh, did you get a chance to watch Squid Game at all? I did not. Okay. My whole thing is that I think, just knowing my brain to begin with, I think if I had that much money, I think I really, I would be evil. I think I'd be like, if I can't achieve happiness, even with all this money, nobody can. Did you, um, did you have Mr. White for history in middle school? I inadvertently referred to him as fat and he overheard. <laughs> yes, I had him. This, this man used to keep a can of green giant corn on a stool in front of his classroom. We, I still don't know why to this day. Oh, yeah. But, so, but something he always said that stuck with me. Is absolute power corrupts absolutely. Corrupts absolutely. I was actually just listening to uh, to another podcast that had mentioned that uh, that sort of deal. Absolutely, it's of true. course it does. It's of true. course it does. Although, as another very wise man once said, it's good to be the king. It's good to be so, king. Mike Gullivan said that once when he played uh, Charlemagne. Oh yes, that is true. I actually got uh, Mel Brooks in uh, History of the World also said it. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Hump death. Hump <laughs> death. Hump death. <laughs> No, I've never seen History of the World. Probably just made a bunch of enemies right there. Oh, oh all right. Well, then then that's why I guess we didn't just go off on a quoting tangent oh, 100%. as a result. All so right. I guess that's well, my homework. Yes. Anyway. Any who's obey. Let's get into the brew news. Brew uh, news. So. Brew news. This is kind of for, uh, just for like a peace of mind for I think Nick and I. Uh, we found that the craft beer market plans to expand to $200 million by 2026. You know what's interesting with that, though, is that even that figure, I kind of doesn't thought seem high. it doesn't seem high. Yeah. My guess is that there's probably a lot of, there's a lot of overhead for these guys. I guess. Realistically, right? Yeah. So, um, and I didn't know this, but now reading it, it makes sense that Europe and Germany are the largest market for this. Yeah. It's pushed by, like when we think about craft beer, we think about like IPAs and, you know, all this crazy stuff. Over there, it seems like it's mostly just flavored beers. So oh. they, they consider flavored beers as craft beers. And the UK and Germany, not only by, um, by that uh, metric, yeah. but also by quantity. Oh. Uh, they, they drink the most, that market, out of the entire rest of the world. I would hope that the Germans do. Oh, me too. I feel like that would be, I'd be upset if it wasn't the Germans. Who else uh, would it be? Us. Maybe the Belgians? Belgians? Oh, uh, yeah. Belgians? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Listen, if the if the if we can give the the Germans credit for being one thing we want them to be, I would hope that it is the largest beer cons you know consumers in the world. Absolutely. Interesting. Two hundred and twenty million dollars. Two hundred million. Is that Wait, is that red pill? Two hundred million. Is that two hundred million? Is that red pill rich or blue pill rich? I think that would be red pill rich because if you're brewing beer, it sounds like that's what you want to do. Uh, like no one so. ever gets into that job by chance. No, that's true. All right. Right. Yeah, I guess. So. Oh no, I guess it'd be blue pill. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 200 million is probably not nearly as much as we think it is, which really, again, says a lot. 
I'm not saying that I'd be upset if somebody gave it to me by any chance, by any means, which I have to check my lottery tickets. I'll do that at the end of the show and we'll see. Please do. I will. Because <laughs> if he wins, we're not coming back. Nope. We're done. <laughs> That's it, folks. Cool. So uh, for my uh, my brew news, uh, this is actually from the Long Island Press. Um, and this is actually brand new. This was just uh, released on the 20th of October. Uh, today's the 23rd, for those of you that are that are concerned or, or wondering. Uh, uh, so what is the best uh, craft beer brewery on Long Island? So Long Island actually does have quite a number of uh, craft breweries. Do I get a guess? Yeah, why not? I want to say Narragansett. Uh, Narragansett is um, from Rhode Island. Okay. Yeah. Hello? The hell? The radiators? It sounded like it came from over there. The radiators are just kicking on? Which, by the way... Sidebar, radiator or radiator? Radiator. Across the board? Yeah, because it radiates heat. No, I know that, but... It doesn't radiate heat. What is the best craft beer... (laughs) English is hard. Well, no, it's because I got into this argument with one of my classes. Yes, that's right. I argue with them. It wasn't like we're having a friendly debate. It was, no, I'm arguing with a bunch of 19-year-olds. I was always raised with the heating apparatus in the home. It's referred to as a radiator, whereas a car, it's a radiator. I know they do the oh. same thing, and I know that technically I think I'm wrong. I mean, at least that's a way to signify between the two. I guess so, but it'll be a cold goddamn day in hell before I admit that. Someone's going to have to turn the radiators off. The what? The <laughs> So, if anything, this was as voted by uh, Long Islanders, and they voted Po' Boy Brewery, the best craft beer brewery, brewery on Long Island uh, in 2021 uh, of the Bethpage Best of Long Island contest. Uh, so they're out in uh, Port Jefferson, uh, or Port Jeff Station, actually. Uh, they've got a t- good tap room and a welcoming staff. Uh, people call it pleasant, a fun place to unwind, to get together with friends. They rotate regularly uh, and have a new style of the week. The tasting room and Sour Patch have more than 20 varieties of beer and cider to sample flights and order pints from. So, uh, so yeah, so I guess if you guys are out in Long Island at all, um, you know, go ahead and check them out. Check out Po' Boy Brewery, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Yeah. I feel like we should uh, go ahead and look into them. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe yeah, we'll get we them can for find next some. week. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. We can find some from there. All right. For I sure. like that. I like that. You know what I like? What do you like? Drinking beer. Let's drink some Let's beers. do it. Okay, so again, just in case you guys forgot, this is Milking It with Experimental Hop 13459 from Icarus. Now, Icarus is super local. They're right up the road in Lakewood. Super uh, local. If I'm not mistaken, aren't they in the process of moving locations? Correct. They're the ones opening up the new, um, like, October, uh, not Oktoberfest. Um, beer Garden? Yes. Beer Garden in Brick, New Jersey. That was actually news from, I think, our first episode. Oh, it was. Yeah. Look at us. Ooh, I like the color. What? T- we, it's a double IPA. It's, I believe, a double dry hopped double IPA. Ooh, it's it's fragrant in this in the room already. So, it, oh, it's. I'm sorry, it's an imperial IPA. Oh, okay. But it is double dry hopped. Um, yeah, you know. So new hop. New aroma. Yeah. I right. Think. It's it's a, it smells. It, you can smell the dryness already from the hops. Uh, but it's got Can a little start? bit of a fruity, but also almost a, a like a yeasty sort of smell. This is my favorite favorite beer color. Oh, and maybe even a little more pale. I actually I was gonna say I like this beer color a lot. Any any color 
any beer that I've ever had that's this color has actually never disappointed. I don't know if that's a testament to the, the hops or the brewing process, but... What other information do we have about like the flavor palette? Anything? Let's see. Icarus is really, really good about telling you exactly what they do. Okay. So, heavily wheated and oated Northeast Imperial Pale Ale IPA um, with lactose, copiously dry hopped with experimental 09326, so a second hop that we don't know about. Oh. Uh, Columbus. Columbus. Here's one that they use a lot. It's lupulin citra. Yeah. And what I think it is, is a, so citra hops, they somehow get it into a concentrated like liquid. Yeah. And then they throw it in for like more aroma and flavor and stuff oh. like that. They, they put that in a lot. Hmm. And then it's double dry hop with experimental one, three, four, five, nine. Ooh. So there's a lot going on in here. Yeah. Um, what do you smell? Cause I, I had like the first time I smelled, I had trouble. I'm getting a little bit of the a little citrusy sort of berries, smell. mango. Yeah, just a little bit, you know, more robust sort of flavors um, in terms of fruit, like distinct fruit notes. Um, yeah, I'm not getting anything distinct. It, it's like mixed berries, mango. Yeah, the mango. I think you're spot on with a mango or even like a, a peach. Yeah, yeah, stone fruit. Yeah, yeah there's some yeah, stone yeah, fruit. Maybe yeah. a little pineapple. Oh, maybe. Shall we? Cheers up, buddy. Cheers. Bottoms up. Super smooth. Ooh, that is very smooth. Okay, so this beer is called Milking It, and why? It's because it's very hard to describe, but this is the first time you're having it. Yeah. If when you drink a glass of milk, it you know the milk coats your mouth. It's like silky, kind of doesn't. It has that effect. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 very strange. Really smooth. It manages to. Not have much of a bite. It's not an overcoating like you're drinking like a stout mm-hmm. by any means. It's got a really nice lingering on the back of the tongue too. It's weird. It feels like a glass of milk. Yeah. It's very strange. Mm. Part of a well, ba- you know, it's a good thing we're doing this. For breakfast. At, uh, yep. Still, it's before noon it's technically. It's 11.59. Oh, right before noon. Right before noon. Still breakfast time. Brunch beer. Uh, yeah, this is good. Um, this actually might be the best variant that I've had of this. I like the, I am getting a little bit more of the stone fruit as time has gone by. And again, I'm thinking more of a, a peach, nectarine, apricot. Is an apricot a, a stone mm-hmm. fruit? It is? Good, mm-hmm. good. I'd look like a real schmuck if I didn't know that. I like that a lot. Ooh. Yeah, stone fruit as it's warming up. I, I feel, I'm trying to think of what I would want with this. Oh, I know exactly what I like would a, want. Like, I feel like, a, um, like fish tacos. Oh, really? Oh, I was thinking a good, like, Bavarian pretzel. Oh, I mean, like pretzels and beer. Oh, yeah. But, like, you know the, 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 the fresh ones that almost have that, like, sweet oh, sort yeah. of taste to them, and then they've got the salt on top? Yeah, I think this would go. This is actually going down very easy. This too. is really good. What is? The, what are we looking at in terms of a? It's high. Usually these are around 8, um, 8.1. All right. Yeah, <laughs> so it's up there. Very, very good. You know, mm. it's, it's weird. Something I didn't mention um, mm. during the news portion when we talked about the $200 million by 2026 is yeah. that it seems like the craft beer market wants the brewers to go in a lower ABV direction. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, th- you couldn't tell. Maybe that's why, because you can't tell. Yeah, but, I mean, if that's really going to be the issue, then we need to go ahead and have a chat with the folks that make, you know, vanilla vodka and all that kind of good stuff. It's not though. my issue. No, th- you know what? That's right. As a good friend of ours has said, not my monkeys, not my circus. Or not my circus, not my monkeys. Who says that? Meg. Oh, 
Not my monkeys, not my circus. Yeah, or not my circus, not my monkeys, one or the other. I feel like it was a lot better before I actually tried to say what it was. <laughs> we'll take care of it. That's, that's why we don't, we don't uh, say what we heard offhand. I want to see it. Oh, yeah. I want to see the I source. I want to see it. I want to speak to the, spo- uh, the source, yes. and I want to know exactly what it is they're trying to go ahead and get at. Speaking of source, like off topic, we should get a beer from Source. Source Brewing in Colts Neck. Oh, yeah. we have a lot have in a lot this area that we have got to yeah. get down and dirty into. And well, you guys got to be there with us. You know what? Tonight, maybe we'll, uh, we're, we, we have a Halloween party oh, yeah. this we're, evening. We're getting dressed up party. later. Nick, what are you getting dressed up as? I don't know yet. Well, you know what's funny is I'm getting, I don't know either. You don't know so, either. So we'll figure it I out. I just keep thinking of things that are like, what's something I can get away with? I'm like, can I just be a... I've got an apron. Can I be a chef? I'll be a chef, maybe. You can be Bob from Bob's Burgers like I was. I could. I Honestly, I wanted to go out and get something where I could just wear a fake mustache. That's perfect. I want, But I want a good fake mustache. Yeah. Like, uh, like a porn stash. Hmm. Yeah. Can I go with the porn stash? If you're going to wear a mustache, it, I feel like it has to be a porn stash. I, I don't know. I wanted to kind of go for maybe a little like handlebar. Oh. Then you, then you have to be a gunslinger. Oh, I could do that too. Just get yourself a, you know, like a Yosemite Sam hat. Carry around two little forty fives, little holster. If you put a badge on, you can be a. Oh, I could a be a sheriff. sheriff. Yeah. Maybe I'll look into that. Okay, somebody help me with mine now, please. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, you have to do like a couples one. Yeah. I liked your initial idea. So I don't know if you guys know, but and we, I think we've talked about the show before. But Archer. Yeah. We were gonna be Archer and Lana. Oh, no, no, no. I meant the other one that you had suggested. Oh, that was rege- okay. that so, was rejected outrightly. Yeah, so this was a really good idea. Somebody else steal this because I'm not going to be able to do it this year. I said to Christina, I was like, we don't have any ideas. Why don't we be a witch doctor and Dr. Witch? And she was like, who's Dr. Witch? And I said, I don't know. I just made it up. I'm like, let's just do it. Give me a, a, a white overall coat and I'll paint my face. I think that's, put a hat on. I think that's hilarious. It's so funny. That I think Thank is, you. I think that's so goddamn funny if you Thank just you. walked in with a lab coat on, but had on full green yeah. mustache, oh, yeah. a big nose, a little wart, and the witch's hat. And we go, what are you? Dr. Dr. Witch. Dr. Witch and the Witch Doctor. That sounds like a TV show. I, I was going to say, I like that a lot. Yeah. I like that a lot. Oh, man. All anyway. Right. I'm going to have to come up with something, but we'll, we'll figure it out in due time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to let Google do a lot of the work for me, if anything. Google. You can let Google do a lot of work all I the time. I let Google do most of my work. Yeah. True, true that. So um, he said kiddingly with, to his employers that may or may not be listening. He said accurately as, Ac- as he lied through his teeth. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so this is spectacular. Oh, yeah. uh, easily a four, four, three, five, four, three, seven for me. I could have this over and over until like my seventh one, and I didn't realize there were eight percent. And then you're probably seeing me the next morning. I'm gonna go with a three nine. Oh, reason being is that considering it is experimental, I'd like to try at least another one or two perhaps that are used with the same hops because I feel like we've got nothing to compare it with. Right. But it is really, it is very tasty and it is, I think it's a good like brunch beer. I could definitely go ahead and have. Yeah, an eggs Benedict with this. Ooh, and even like a lump, a crab lump, lump Ooh. crab uh, eggs old, Benedict. Old Bay Benedict. Old Bay Benedict. I want that. Mike, I think I just had a stroke. I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't get that out at all. Jesus Christ. You smell toast? I always kind of smell. Oh, interesting. Yes, I'm, I'm in a perpetual state of stroke. 
<laughs> Take that any way you want, he's, folks. He's any doing way a you great want. job. Um, okay, so really quick before we get into the fun part, Genghis Khan, yeah, because we, we haven't talked about him at all. I agree with you that I want to have another one because, like, people say when breweries put lactose in beer, it's kind of cheating because it makes it smooth. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, so it's is it any oh. any like milk, sugar, lactose, ice cream, um, any sort of that stuff makes the beer infinitely more smooth. Really? So yeah. they, is it frowned upon by other? It's not frowned upon, but it, I think in the eyes of the brewing community, like if you put a lactose beer and another beer of the same like hops and stuff right next to it, yeah, like you'll be able to tell directly that it's one's more smooth. But you may prefer the first one because. It's kind of like a cheat code. It, well, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I do agree. It doesn't have as much of those sort of like uh, uh, like indicative characteristics of an IPA. It's not yeah. nearly as hoppy. It's not nearly as dry. Right. So as a result, I do kind of agree. I don't think it – it's kind of in a, in a separate like league of its own more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I can understand where some of the criticism might come from. Because if sure. I'm thinking I want to uh, want an IPA, that is probably not going to it's very satisfy different. it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. yeah, yeah. I like I do like it quite a bit. I'm never gonna 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 take away from that by any means. I'm obsessed with the fact that it feels like I'm drinking milk. I can't tell you the last time I've had a glass oh, of milk. milk. Oh, so. I don't drink milk anymore. No, not any. I had a really bad experience actually. Oh. Are we going to go into it? I am real quick oh, okay. because it's not—it's nothing, nothing dirty or disgusting or okay. anything like that. So I—I I was th- still working at the radio station, and I got home one morning, and I was like, you know what? I was like, I want like just good old fashioned like scrambled eggs, like toast and bacon, and for some reason I had a craving for like chocolate milk. So I go ahead and I made myself a big glass of like chocolate milk and the whole nine yards. Made my eggs. I sit down. And I go to lift up the glass, and the bottom of the glass comes out, like just gives way. Oh. I do not know what happened. Oh shit! But an entire like pint of chocolate milk came splashing out of the bottom and literally went everywhere. There was milk on the ceiling. There was milk on the walls. It was everywhere and i said from that point on i am never having a glass of milk there's ever again everywhere there's Wait, how did it get on the ceiling because it came down with that much like force of gravity and splattered all oh over the place God. so much so that there was milk on the ceiling that is absurd yeah it, it left me with a really really this was almost a decade ago at this point in time also. and you haven't had milk and i since. have not had a glass of milk i mean milk's not good for you so no it's not no how many other animals go ahead and Bring the milk of other animals. I'll give you one guess. Zero. It's is, zero. Is it zero? Yes. Good. And if anybody's going to go ahead and tweet at us and say otherwise, make sure you do so at beers underscore 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 and at Twitter and uh, or on Twitter. And we'll tell you to go shove it. Probably. Oh, I, uh, I'm going to say definitely personally. I'm going to be taking control of the Twitter handle from here on out. Okay. Well, that... Uh... <laughs> You're gonna have to change the password, then, friend. <laughs> gonna have to change that password, Nick. You know when we when we first or when I first said to you that we should talk about Genghis Khan. Yeah, where did this come from? This was um, from the deepest, darkest depths of my mind. I really don't know. Like, I just have these ideas 
and I'm, I'm usually like first thought, best thought, and just run with it. I like that idea. So when we first started talking about this, I was like, oh, cool. We're going to talk about a bunch of like murders on the podcast, but yeah, but, but we're not. I mean, we, we are, but like indirectly. Yeah. Not nearly as much as, as one would think. Right. So Genghis Khan, whenever we think about him, we think about that. We think about his rule and just all the... Oh, uh, bloodshed the, the mass and... extinction that he caused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which supposedly at that time was like 10 or 11% of the world's population. I did. I came across that where it said that like his yeah. conquests quite literally like changed world demographics. It's, it's crazy. Did you have to get like a, a number roughly of like the number of folks yeah. that were like killed? Uh, yeah, I think it was 40 million. Right. I was going to say, yeah, they say that it like ranges in certain regards from 40 to 60 million people. So if, for those of you guys who don't know who Genghis Khan is, oh, he yeah, was sorry. the ruler of the Mongolian Empire from what, what were the dates? Do you uh, from 1206 to 1227. Okay. So he ruled for 21 years, but even after his death, the like, we don't have the picture for you. We'll throw it up maybe afterwards in production, but the he ruled his empire from Japan to Europe. Oh yeah. As far it's it was insane. As far west as portions of Poland, Poland if I'm not mistaken. Jesus. And almost down to, like down in India. Like, oh down yeah. The tip of India. Like, yeah. I mean this man like all of the Middle East and like the the Levant and that entire area. If uh I think when all was like said and done, it was and I guess you can say like still is uh well no was, I guess. Uh, the largest continuous empire yeah. in world history. I mean, which and, is insane. And he was a ge- like a military genius yeah. from from what I read of him. But I just have like a, a, a bunch of facts from him. So this was my favorite one. That's why I put it first. I hope you don't mind that I'm starting. No, please. So I didn't know that Genghis Khan's generals were his former enemies. Oh, so there's a really, really, he was apparently a brilliant talent scout. Yeah. So here, there's a really, really good story. Um, he was able to very easily identify skill and talent in, um, warriors. Yeah. So he recruited some of these men after he, con- you know, took over during his conquests. So here's a good story. Someone tried to kill him, uh, in a battle when he was in Japan. He, the Taijutsu tribe. Okay. Japanese Taijutsu tribe. Somebody took a shot at him with an arrow, but just missed. Just missed. So after the um, after the battle, he went to you know the entire company of people that he just fought against and called them out and he said, "Who killed? Who almost killed me? Who took that shot?" And this brave man stepped forward and raised his hand, and he got promoted to one of Khan's generals. Whoa! Yeah. Uh, he was given a highly respectable position as an officer in his army. Wow. Yep. And he actually was given the nickname Arrow because he shot Khan with an arrow. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Hey, listen, if you're going to, if there's any way to rule after you like maraud and murder, yeah. as might as well try and go ahead and, and, you know, embrace some of those groups of people. Oh, for sure. It's interesting that you mentioned it though, because like the way that we, you know, remember him in history it's actually mixed across the globe i didn't know until i started like diving in like i just always thought of him as some like murderous tyrant so the perception in the middle ages uh middle ages in the modern day like he's got a really positive reputation obviously like in mongolia yeah he's got a pretty positive reputation in japan he's got a really positive uh reputation in like broad parts of europe as well because the fact is that like they credit him with 
um, essentially like being like once he was defeated as being like the birth then of like the Renaissance and leading to the Renaissance period. It's crazy because of the fact is that his empire controlled so many parts of like the world is that like cultures and as a result, then obviously, you know, art and artistic influence just managed to permeate throughout this entire area. So like, it is kind of interesting when I had come to this point where they were like, Oh, that he's got positive reviews in places. And yeah. And, it makes sense in Japan. Yeah, he's got a pretty positive like reputation also. Did you see, uh, I don't know if you saw this anywhere, but he was religiously tolerant. Yes. So I think, and that's that, that definitely spawned all this because oh, he, he allowed his people to be who they were and worship who they wanted and believe what they believed. And uh, he had this congregation of all this, you know, unique people in his empire. Well, they said that he was like really interested in meeting with other religious leaders and like philosophers. So like he referred to Buddhist monks and Christian missionaries and Muslims in, oh, in wow. like the Levant area. Yeah. I was really surprised by that, but interestingly as well, like kind of in that same vein is that, you know, maybe for lack of a better term, he was quite progressive with, I guess his like view of women in that, he now he had many 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 wives um however when he would like leave to go into battle he used to leave his wives as the leader de facto like when he was gone so he would often give them like their own individual like camps of people and they were the folks that were in charge it wasn't like they were leaving it he was leaving it to like a, a male that was necessarily uh, like the next in line. Yeah, second in um, command. That's awesome. Yeah, which is I thought was pretty cool. I was like, hmm, he's probably you. the first leader to do that. I would say. Well, I think as a result, then that's why there are certain like you know uh, some of those uh, countries you know further east, they do have a much more like matriarchal sort of position and and like view on society. The windows it's, are open. It's today, very loud so outside. Sorry if you guys heard that. Yeah. Well, we're just gonna have. To, yeah. Sorry about that. The show must go on. It must go on. It's going on. It's on. We're on. We're live. Hey, everyone. Welcome Hi. back to Beer's End. Beer's End. What else you got about Gangus? Oh, Gangus. Uh, I have. I had to like whittle it down because there were so many interesting things about him. Oh, yeah. So, obviously, I mean, this man went to war with everyone. But the, the type... So, I got... A lot of my stuff I got from historical history facts. It was like a list of interesting facts about Genghis Khan. This one was titled, He Was Not Afraid of Destruction. Very oh. clearly not afraid of destruction. Um, it is said that he always gave his opponent the opportunity to surrender before he waged war oh, on them. Oh, yeah. So one example of this was when the Quaramismid, Quaramismid yeah. Empire didn't agree with uh, the terms of the Mongol rule and instead broke a treaty. So in retaliation, Khan mobilized his army and with one aim in mind to destroy them at any cost. And he did that. But initially... He offered a trade agreement to the king, but his emissaries were murdered. Oh. So he came down with, like, Wrath of Khan right in. Is that where this comes from? No, I think it's... That was a Star Trek episode. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I got really, really fucking excited you know, for a second. I got really... I know you weren't planning did, on using that phrase either. I definitely was not. I got really, really stoked. I don't think that's where that came from. Um, okay. So anyway, so his emissaries were murdered. This is not a fact podcast all the time. I, not all the time. <laughs> Uh, so after his emissaries were murdered, he, you know, this obviously stoked his rage and he launched a full attack on Quarmazed. What followed was a great war, which many Persians lost their lives, but this didn't, um, stop after he destroyed this kingdom. Yeah. 
because he had other scores to settle. During this battle, he asked for help from uh, the Western Xia region of China, one of his uh, allies, and they refused. So after he destroyed the Kuarmazeta Empire, he went to China and executed the royal family as punishment. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Yeah. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think I may have read the similar um, story about the with the group in, in, uh, in Persia. Mm-hmm. And what he had done is that in the conquest, every single man, woman, and child was murdered. Oh, my God. And when they had left, he had then sent them back for folks that may have been away at the time of the initial like executions and murders and sent them back to go and kill whomever else then like returned, you know, honey, I'm home. Oh my God, what has happened? Not only was this man a savage, but he like thought on another level than everyone else. It is a really sick, sick sort of idea. Like, like, you know, all those people we just killed, just in case anybody might've been out of town. Some might've been on vacation. Let's go ruin their time. I can't wait to tell the boss about those lovely... Va- oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, God. That is horrifying. Yeah, right? Like, I can't imagine what that must be like to come back to find quite literally an entire civilization essentially like, wiped out. Yeah. Entire. And then have those folks come back and be murdered. And it was a group that had surrendered. They surrendered but didn't like the rules of the surrender. Oh. So like apparently oh, he was yeah, pick, yeah, yeah. like he picked and cho- uh, and chose like when he would allow them to like assimilate and when he wouldn't. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh yeah, like there's a lo- oh my god. What you got? I was going to say I'll take care of that. Okay. <laughs> I'll definitely take care of that in post. So we know of we know of Black Death yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. You know, ravaged essentially all uh, you know a huge portion of uh, Europe. That was probably the first biggest epidemic. Uh, yeah, the, one of the first like big pandemics, yeah. and they they pandemic, attribute you. it in certain regards to uh, to Genghis Khan and the Mongol Empire, or, or I shouldn't say Genghis Khan because he was dead by then, but like the Mongol Empire because they were responsible for uh, really like connecting the Silk Road and whatnot. So what happened was that there are some studies that showed that, again, the Black Death may have like originated in the east and then traveled west via the Silk Road because there was a, there was a trade emporium uh, of the Genoese, all right? And this was in like the Crimean Peninsula, so right on that cusp of like Eurasia. Um, and what had happened was that at the time, the Mongol army had been like ravaged by disease. This was after he had passed. This was after he had passed, correct. Uh, Was like ravaged by disease. And what the army had done essentially was employed a really early version of bio warfare. They would take the corpses of their dead military men who had died from this disease or whatever, put them into catapults and launch their, you know, the corpses over the walls of this fortress. And that is what some believe to be like the 
origin of this Black Death that then spread throughout Europe. Considering we're, we're an audio... I don't even know yeah. what to say. Right? I read that and I was like, that can't be right. But it was like there was a source. On, most of my sources are all, or all of my sources are from Wikipedia. So if you check out that area um, towards the bottom of the page, you'll find it. But yeah. That right? is bizarre. And also, like, I don't, I can't recover from this comment. I cannot recover from this comment. I don't know how to, I don't, I don't know. It, it's, a, that's crazy. It's brilliant. I mean, I mean, for crazy. the time frame, like, if you think about, like, what they had access to and what their knowledge yep. was, it was kind of like, hey, all these guys are all dead and dying. What do, what do we do? Let's like, launch let's them over launch the off. Because they were known for, like, their trebuchets and, and catapults and whatnot. Tre- what's, I don't know, trebuchet. I don't know. That's a fancy word for catapult. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, a, like a pumpkin chucker. Except it was a body chucker. Except it was a body chucker. Goodness gracious, man. Right? Right? Oh, what God, a savage. Bumping my fat Careful head there. into the mic. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, I have a good one that's not so um, so morbid. So we talked about this. He, Genghis Khan launched the first international post system. He was the first one to imply this, uh, you know, series of letters and <sighs> people. Excuse you. Excuse was me. That, was that a? It was a cough. It's oh, okay. Just, I thought it was a sneeze. No, I don't know why. Is, I meant to say God bless you, but excuse you came out. It's okay. This please is how cough sound from, after 15 years of smoking. Please excuse yourself from the podcast. Do yourself a favor. Excuse yourself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Genghis introduced the first postal service. It was called the Yam. Oh, the yeah. Yam service. Um, he used this mounted couriers to, to deliver mail, and apparently they were super fast. But he also set up rest stops every couple of miles. So they had time to like sprint and then hang and then sprint and then hang. So he did this because he was able to send spy networks out and like cut off people who were coming to take over, you know, to, to quash his rule. Oh, so not only was it a postal service, but right. So, um, they could, it was said that the riders could cover up to 200 miles a day, which like on horseback is Holy insane. Shit. Yeah. Which is insane. And this was his eyes and ears around his whole empire. I didn't know about the spy aspect of things. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, later on, Yam could keep track of political and military issues and also establish contacts with, with spies. That's wild. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you had read it in, with in, in, uh, in yours is like the way that they were able to make it those 200 miles was because of those stops. So they would stop. Right. And essentially like then they would ride for like 25 miles and then they would, when they would come to these stops, they would like switch up either riders or horses. Oh, like they would have that. like a fresh horse that was like ready to go and then sprint through to the next, like, uh, to the next stop then, which is genius. It's awesome. Know? Like what a brilliant, brilliant idea. Yeah. Wow. And apparently this was used later by Marco Polo, this exact courier oh. system. Oh, no way. Yeah. Really? Yep. Look at that. Genghis, man. Genghis. Trailblazing. I've got uh, I've got maybe one last like uh, little thing perhaps that is that okay. I was able to find is that so when he died, um, he requested to be buried in an unmarked location. Okay. No, no grave markers. I no read symbols. that because one of the, sorry to cut you off. One no, of the things yeah. I read was that nobody really knows anything about his death. No, no one knows essentially like where he's buried. They believe that it is somewhere in modern day Mongolia. Yeah. Uh, but no one is able to really know where it is. And apparently that happened um, because it was a, a tradition for like a tribal tradition of his. Um but when he died and they were moving him then to this 
unmarked, undisclosed location in typical Genghis Khan fashion, it said that anyone and anything that was in the way of the funeral procession was killed so as to maintain the secrecy of the location oh of where he was actually then like buried. So this, this man. Yeah. So there is Let a me tell you. there is a memorial in Mongolia that does exist, but they don't know if that's actually like him or not. And they said that like when he had died it was a pretty advantageous period because it was right around like one of the permafrosts and things along those lines that had taken place. Oh. So yeah, so we have no idea where he's actually buried at all so i read um two two stories about his possible death one was that people thought he fell off a horse oh no way and and died when he hit his head on the ground i guess and the other one was that he like fought about malaria oh and died from malaria wow but i read the same thing that he's buried in an unmarked tomb and i read that it's thought that it's somewhere outside the um i guess outside the city where he lived. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I have to check that. Interesting. Yeah. I would love to find out where it is. But, um, yeah, but it was, I don't know if it was purposefully left unmarked. Oh, yes, if, it was. Oh. It was like as per his request, because I guess that was, again, uh, something that was tradition. To do with like tradition. Yeah, where like he was buried in an unmarked like, grave. If he, if Genghis Khan was alive now, he would, cancel culture would. I mean, like, quash that real quick. But, I like, don't maybe know. That's the ruler we need. I don't know, because the fact is that, interestingly enough, to, to go back, the two places where he has, like, the most, like, mixed reception happens to be in China and in Russia. And let me tell you, a man that at one point in time was able to go ahead and unify those two groups of folks, I, for I'm, one, welcome our new overlords. You're not wrong. I welcome our new I would be overlords. okay with Genghis Khan. I mean, he seemed like a nice guy. I mean, you know, as a person that really doesn't subscribe to any, like, you know, uh, uh, like organ well, I mean, you know, yeah. what's, what's wrong with a little strong arm in here and there, personally? You know, I believe that everybody's entitled to their own opinion until it's wrong. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, like, as someone that doesn't, like, subscribe to, like, organized religion, I'm kind of, like, cool with the, like, I like the idea. Because let's face it, after this, after his, like, battles and whatnot— we then got into the uh, like the Crusades, and we like, you know, how many years were people Which, just very oddly is like the opposite of what he wanted. Yeah, exactly. They fought over over men in the sky, where he just wanted land. Everyone do your own thing, and yeah, in that regard, live yeah. in my empire. I, Simpler times. Are we advocating? <laughs> I'm not not advocating Genghis Khan. I like that. I like that. I like to leave it. I like to leave it open ended. Well, folks, go ahead and take, take what you will from all that, <laughs> or don't take anything and just come see us next week when we don't talk about Genghis Khan. Exactly, but make sure you do tune in for our next episode. Right, right check us out next week. Absolutely. Right. In the uh, in the meantime, milking it. Socials. Socials. Uh, we are on Beers. both Instagram and Twitter at beers underscore 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 and. That's on both Instagram and Facebook. Uh, if you've got any suggestions for us about beer. Was that three underscores? I did three underscores. Three underscores. Yep. Okay. Yep. Just underscores to, sure. to the power of three. All right. Uh, yeah. If you've got any suggestions about either topics or beers, hit us up uh, also on either one of those or email us at beersandpodcast at gmail.com. Come yell at us a little bit. Yeah. Why not? We like to get yelled at. Yeah. Just so we can yell back. Yeah. I'll see you later, Alex. I'll see you later.
Bye. Later. Beer's End is hosted by Alex Chula and me, Nick Messina. Video producer is Mike Delavan. Original music is by Alex Chula. Sound effects have been provided by Zapsplat. And audio editing and producing is from me, Nick Messina. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Beer's End wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at beers underscore 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 and. That's beers, three underscores, the word and on both Twitter and Instagram. And of course, Alex and I always want you to enjoy your beer safely and responsibly. Neither Alex nor myself have any affiliations with any of the breweries we sampled in this episode, be them legal affiliations or otherwise. If you have any questions or concerns, please email us at beersandpodcast at gmail.com. That's beers, the word and, podcast at gmail.com.